Well, it's a happy, happy new year from Doss and D here. We're, uh, we're at our end of year celebration episode. Yes. A trip down memory lane, as we like to say. Welcome um, to the Doss and D Christmas party. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it's hard to believe that another year has passed us by. And a bloody big year for us. Absolutely. Do you want to briefly talk about the year that's been, just briefly? Because I know we tend to do this a lot. But, but how has the year panned out for us before we get into today's episode, which is the best of? Yeah, well, we're going to run through some of the best moments. Oh, yes. Of uh, some of the biggest guests that we've had on the show. Well, as a teaser, what are the four categories? A bit of lightheartedness, so yep. the funniest moments oh, yes. from some of our guests. We've got some of the most shocking moments, some stories that were told on the show that you just will not believe. Nope. You actually won't believe you will some not. of the, the truths that were dropped. And then we've got some heartfelt, inspirational, kind of uplifting stories from some guests as well, which will inspire you to just kick on for 2024. And then we've got the best of us. Oh, yes, please. Which is probably more of a shit and giggle just we're just laughing lighthearted shoot, shooting the shit we we had some really really funny stories that we shared throughout and yeah hopefully you'll walk away having a bit of a laugh but yeah 2023 it's been a lot of highs a lot of lows like everyone else but in particular for our show a year of growth absolutely we started the year i was talking at a thing last night and i started the year at around i reckon we probably started the year probably around ten thousand odd followers across our platforms and then as we uh, as we finish this year, we're probably more at the forty thousand mark across everything. Across everything, which is really good. Our our listenership's gone up massively. Um, we go into next year with some brand new sponsors, which we're really excited to uh, reveal them to you guys. We spent half the year on the Gold Coast. We're up and down. You lived up there for a while, so every you know month we were on a plane. We've actually we've been doing our uh, our finances uh, lately and go, gee, we spent a lot of money on on yeah, planes, on um, travel expense because we did. And there's one of the guests in there a bit later, but we did go to Adelaide early in the year as well yep. and then of course back and forth from the Gold Coast and Melbourne and and then outside of that we even launched our, our own business yep. only probably six to nine months ago which yep. uh, which now allows us to continue the growth of the show and, and us it means more travel for Dawson D but yeah. uh, but the listeners will come along on the journey but what, what about the guests like the guest profile has been fantastic well, this I'll, year I'll, a wide I'll, range of industries I'll put this to you what's been your Hard one. What's been your favourite moment of the year? It's a, it's really tough and we get asked this all the time. Who's your favourite person you've interviewed or blah, blah, blah. Well, honestly, and I know this is a cop-out answer, everyone has their own reasons. Some of them we sat next to them or across the table from them today and you go, how the hell did we manage this? And even there's, there's some really big names that you won't hear today that uh, didn't even make the best of for whatever reason. Which is reason, hard to really Which believe. is unbelievable. But I think, I think one for me is Sam Newman only because – as a kid, I was such a fan of the footy show and to sit across from him in his studio, that was really big for me. What about you? It's hard for me to probably go past you, Van Kylenberg. Yeah. So just off the basis that I just, like you, we, we loved his story, you know, getting to know him through his books quite a few years ago. The bit that I love the most about it is he's someone that we really wanted to have on the show yeah. from the start. Exactly. So when we started, he was on the dream list and... It's, I think we might have talked about this, but, you know, when he sent us a voice message... Oh, yes. Uh, tears were flowing from my face because <laughs> um, I was just... I couldn't believe... It was one of those moments where you just can't believe it's happening. Exactly. And, and someone... Like, you've worked so hard for something and you're getting a little, little bit of reward for it and that's what we constantly say to ourselves. Like, the juice... Is worth the squeeze because there's so much squeezing That's going so on with creating this podcast and creating this style of show and the consistency of it. And anyone who's doing something similar or anyone who's just working everyday life, like you understand how hard it is to work for little reward. And that's us. Yeah. So to get something like that was like a reward for me. And I just, and to sit down opposite him, 
I think even I got a bit too touchy feely at times. Just I kept I kept <laughs> almost touching him to feel if he's real. But uh, that was probably one of my big highlights. Well, you make a good point, and I think this is something we can encourage everybody into next year because truly, like we were at an event that I, I guarantee early next year in one of the Dawson Down cuts, uh, some of their more finer details will be brought up. But you and I went to an event last week. And we were a Christmas party. A Christmas party with some very high level business people that we got to rub shoulders with. And again, I think we were just sponges. We just we just really went in and just grabbed as much advice as we could, being young business owners and, and obviously with the Dawson D show and everything we're trying to do here. But everybody said like there's more when you go into business and when you're trying something out on your own, and even to the podcast, there tends to be more lows than highs, which is hard. But with us, the highs are so high that they keep it going. They keep the, yeah. you know, it keeps you staggered. But I look at the guests we have on today and across the year, we've obviously had a lot of sport, a lot of different sports. We've had footy, cricket, soccer. Mm. Gosh, what else? Every other sport in the sun. Uh, we, Basketball. We there's, oh, no, probably a, there's probably a few sports we haven't covered yet. One one that we really want to cover is tennis. Yes, everyone's got a, if anyone's got Layden's number, please yeah. pass it through. <laughs> uh, but then outside of sport, obviously we've had entertainers, we've had comedians, we've had singers, we've had... Childhood heroes of ours. Exactly. Uh, we've had some amazing business owners that have, have built some incredible businesses. Some and entrepreneurs had- that have really just paved the way for so many of us that do strive to do that. And for, for me, that was a couple of those. I was like, wow, like this is goals. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we have the industries that are a little bit more unusual. Like we've had models on the show. We've had uh, survival experts. Influencers. We've had bodyguards. We've had influencers. So we, there's a wide range. For anybody that's brand new to the show, firstly, welcome. But uh, make sure you go back to catalogue. And that's why today, I think, is a great chance for for us to look back, give you guys a bit of a, uh, a glimpse into some of the guests we've had on today. You'll get to listen to parts of, of, of their episode and hopefully it'll encourage you to go back and have a listen because there's so much in there. So, what so in, those first, in those three categories, what are we tackling first? Let's go funniest. Let's yep, kick things like off that. with a laugh because that's really what our show is all about, Doss. So we've got four. We've, hard, hard to pick four. Gosh, we so each category today you're going to hear four clips from and it was... Very difficult. We sat around for hours and hours and hours trying to uh, to work out which parts we'll put in. But who's kicking us off in the funniest category? Well, a man that you just mentioned before. Oh, yes. Someone that you looked up to as a kid. You enjoyed his stuff, his John. work. Uh, John Sammy Newman. Yes. A man we just were so grateful to sit down with. But boy, oh boy, I've never laughed that hard in my life. Oh, uh, and there was a couple of stories in there which... I was nearly wetting myself. Oh, me too. Well, you're about to hear the infamous one. It's uh, been all over social media. It's uh, the, the chief story, Jason Dunstall. So you'll hear that. Then followed by then the, the man you mentioned, Mr. Hugh Van Kylenberg, who might not necessarily be known for his, for his, his comedy, but uh, <laughs> on this occasion, he made us laugh. And he's going to share one of the stories that uh, was in the book, but he also expanded a little bit beyond the book. And that's when he met the very famous Hamish Blake and the infamous handshake which, uh, which will make you cringe, but gee, was it funny. And then there's another man who we actually interviewed up in Brisbane. Oh, yes. A comedian, yep. a dark humour comedian. He, yep. he, and the moment he walked into the building, we hired a meeting room and um, boy, oh boy, was I nervous. Oh, dear. So Julian Woods. Oh, yes. What a crack up he was. He, he was an absolute pisser. Some of the stuff coming out of his mouth, I couldn't believe. Outrageous. He, so he, for those who haven't listened to that, go and listen to it. But he is basically one of the videographers and editors and probably a real key part in the creative aspect of Marty and Michael, yep. two of the biggest stunt type influencers out there. They're up in Brisbane and uh, Julian <laughs> shared a, a crack up story about when the boys Ran onto the Gabba oh. during the AFL Grand Final. In what year was that? 2020? 2020, yeah. Yeah, which was hilarious. And uh, yeah, that'll... Oh, wow, well, we'll just let you listen to that one. And finally, wrapping it up again, a man who... You, again, you 
probably wouldn't have thought would make this category, but Mr. Rob Mills, another one that we looked up to as kids. Uh, the obviously he started in Australian Idol, big entertainer, musical theatre legend, and uh, he shared a hilarious story of, of quite literally with his trousers around his ankles on stage uh, that will bring you to tears. So we'll leave you with those, <laughs> and then uh, we'll join you shortly. But one of my favourites, Sam, and is and it always makes me laugh. Whenever I need to laugh, I'll just find it on YouTube and listen to you talk about Jason Dunstall, yeah. whether it's on the show or yeah. on, on, on radio. Yeah. Um, and some of the funniest things I think I've ever heard is when you, when you ring in, you know, I don't yeah. know if it was expected or unexpected, but you'd ring in and you might have been playing golf and you might have yeah. saw, you know, a, a movement in the trees. No. <laughs> but I just so, think that's some of the funniest so stuff I've ever heard. I used to work heard. with the chief on, uh, uh, on Triple M. And I said to the chief, and uh, I can say this because he's a Caucasian. Yeah, <laughs> and I always international. We always need to point qualify that. Out. that. Yeah. I said, <laughs> chief, on Triple M one day, and I said, mate, please don't take offence at this, but you look like a silverback. <laughs> you are seriously, and he said, and he he called, he started calling me the foss, the fossilised old tarpaulin, like a crumpled up old fucking tarpaulin lying in the side of a shed. And I said, chief. And I called him the chief. I started calling him the chief because he was made temporary manager of Hawthorne when someone... Right. Uh, and I said, well, the chief of Hawthorne, he came in, sit behind his mahogany desk there. He said, yeah, the chief of staff chief. And that's how that started. And I said, mate, you look like a you look like a, an ape. You seriously do. And I think about a chief and he's sitting there. He said, oh, I can't... F-. He didn't say fuck yourself on Triple M, but he said... Mate, ease up. I said, no, Chief, please listen to me. Listen to me. And James Brayshaw has collapsed onto the floor at this stage. And uh, I said, you think about it. You've got a very uh, ape-like head. You've got no neck. goes straight into your torso. You've got a long back. You've got uh, short little buns. You've got short little feet. You've got opposable thumbs on your hand. I said, and you, you, you smell, yeah, and you fucking, you come into what's known as must, uh, which is a uh, sexual thing that, um, uh, that mammals, particularly ele- elephants and apes, they emit from their body when they're on heat. And he said, I ease up or I'll knock you out. I said, Chief, please. Oh, and, and anyhow, he played the game. Yeah. And I, uh, that I, I then started to embellish. Uh, James Brayshaw said, oh, mate. <laughs> the chief's anyhow. So the next week, the, the chief used to drive in. He used to have a brown Volvo, and I said we, we'd get in there early. And the chief would come in a bit later on for the preamble and on Triple M football. I said, "I think the chief will be listening to this, uh, uh, Jim James." And he said, "I wouldn't think he would be." I said, "Oh, that's good." Do you think if you're in Swan Street now and you think that there's an, an ape or a silverback <laughs> beside you in a brown Volvo? Don't call the zoo. <laughs> and James, James, James would just, he would just, because, oh, and, and anyhow he'd come in and, and, I would, and he'd say to me, hey, mate, he said, I'm listening to that shit. He said, I said, mate, do you think I, I said, James asked me to do it. And, and then, <laughs> James, James said, go on, give the, give the chief a bit of a tweak again. <laughs> So then I used to go out to sports nights and uh, someone would say exactly what you've asked me and I used to, I used to go a bit heavier then. Mm. I said, 
Well, I said, oh, the chief came and I went through all his, he's got little ears and little button eyes and like it. I said, I said, if you put a profile, morphed a profile beside the chief and a fucking silverback, they'd be identical, which is a great compliment. They're magnificent mammals. And I said, and I was out playing golf one day and the chief's out there and we're swinging away and he, then he started to sweat round near his ass. So I, said, I said, I think he must have been coming on must, getting sexually aroused. I said, because, I said, we get out there and we're playing on one of the holes and the wind got up and he, the trees started to sway and he, he just suddenly just lost concentration. He looked up at the trees and he thought, fuck, I should be in those trees. <laughs> and, he, and I said, and if he goes into the trees and you're playing with him, just... Just take no notice of him because he'll turn up. So I said, oh and we're God. playing on, and about eight holes later he arrives <laughs> on the green with winter nuts and berries and fucking food to eat. He'd been getting... Well, fuck. That, uh, so anyhow, Let's go. the chief That's heard so this. Funny. The chief heard oh. this. The chief just got back to the chief. He said, mate, he said, could you built me anymore and I said chief it's humorous isn't it so we <laughs> yeah. rang him up one day we then we used to show clips of uh, actual real yeah. silverbacks mating and you know dog that's right fucking dog fucking yeah their, and I said there's the chief on the way to the football <laughs> and, and, and anyhow I did this is the only time I've ever preempted anything I rang him up one day I said chief I said they've got a whole lot of skits and shit they want me to wear a Fucking suit with a red ass on it and lie on it. And I said, do you mind if we ring you up on air? He said, what? Oh, this, is, this is a private comment. I said, we'll ring you up. If you could just answer the phone. I don't give a fuck what you say, but answer the phone, will you? <laughs> no, well, I might. Anyhow, so he played the game beautifully. So we're on the... Then Gary and James didn't know this. Well, they must have, because we had the phone there. Anyhow, I said... I'm lying on the banana lounge and I'm picking my ass with my fingers and all. I said, Gary said, do you think the chief, I said, I said do you think the chief minds us doing this? And Gary said, oh, I said, let's ask him. <laughs> so he answered the first time. So he wouldn't answer it the first time. And then he eventually answered it and I said, chief, you're on air, don't swear. He said, what do you mean I'm on air? Go. And I said, don't swear. So he hung up. And so we had it three times, time constraints on television. Sure. Gary said, we can't ring him anymore. And I said to the audience, will we try one more time? <laughs> so he, he picked it up eventually. He said, I said, Chief, it's your old mate, the Foss. Don't hang up, Chief, please. Don't hang up. He said, what's wrong with you? And he, he did it beautifully. I said, oh. now, Chief, do you mind if I dress up like an ape? Because you look like an ape. He said, you crumpled up old fool. He said, what's wrong with you? You're going senile. I said, you know, and I've got my red ass here. Do you mind? Do you think that's vaguely humorous? <laughs> oh, he didn't say give fucked. He said, no, nah, that's it. I've had enough. And he hung up. So, oh, classic. Uh, it was classic. It was uh, it classic stuff. The me. chief. And he's a very good man, very yeah. intelligent man. Yeah. He's very good at what he does. Yeah. But shit, he looks like an ape. <laughs> I lived quite close to Hamish in my mid-30s. And I'd see him around a lot. And I always wanted to tell him that but just didn't. There's a couple of times. I remember once I was cleaning my car outside our place on Webb Street in Fitzroy and Hamish and Zoe walked past me and they had their son, Sonny, in their pram who would have been a few months old at the time. And I had I was like, my ass is hanging out of the car. I was like head first in the car trying to do the vacuuming thing in the, all the nooks and crannies. <laughs> and I like stood up and turned around. Now it's walking past. And I just went, 
awesome. That's, like, that's all I said. I haven't, I haven't said it to Hamish. I don't know if he won't remember it, but I just went, because people say it all the time, I just went, awesome. Like I'm my hands out that. Like that. I'm so that. That's all I could I think to it. say. And he goes, and he, went, he goes, thanks, man. And I remember it so clearly. And then I, one day, these are things I haven't told him, but oh. another time at, we were outside um, a cafe in Fitzroy and I, I heard a rumour that they named their son Sonny after this song, The Obvious Child, a Paul Simon song, one of my favourite songs. I thought we were going down Boney M then for a second. Do you know that song? No. No? Oh, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> Tell me off here. <laughs> Go again. Uh, there's three now. Um, uh. And so I, I, I thought that they named, yeah, Sonny after The Obvious Child, the song. And so I, Hamish and I went to walk into the cafe at the same time. This is again when Sonny was very young, had the pram there, and I held the door in for him as he walked past. I went, had a little son, thought we'd call him Sonny because that's how the song starts. <laughs> and he goes... Okay. <laughs> and just kept walking and I was like, oh, maybe I didn't sing it well enough. But I asked him, I asked him like a month ago, I said, did you guys know him? And he goes, no, we didn't. And I went, in my head, I'm like, that's why he didn't. There you like, go. Oh, no. a weird song to him. So yeah. I, that's actually, I've had, that's two other meetings I've had with him. Oh, gosh. So there were, there were two before the infamous one that made it to the book where I essentially, our long story short, and you can read about it in the book or it's, yeah, you can read about it in the book, but it, it, long story short, I was so nervous. He said, do you want to do a high five? And I went, and I was like, I'll do a fist pump because that's cooler and you'll think I'm a cool guy. So I went to do a fist pump and he saw my fist coming and I saw his outstretched hand because he did say high five. At the very same time we swapped, <laughs> I ended up high-fiving his fist. Oh and I got so I just grabbed his fist and just started shaking it. Oh. Um, that was a long time ago. That was like <laughs> yeah. probably eight or nine years ago. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, um, God. So, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, that was so. The AFL, obviously, the grand finals are usually in Melbourne, where it should be. Not up here. This is footy, real footy, oh, rugby, yeah, yeah. rugby. Nah, but like, um, it was like <laughs> yeah, guarding behind the cameras, loving that. <laughs> it was during uh, the pandemic, and they were like, obviously, Melbourne was still in lockdown or something. So yep. they're like, let's have the AFL grand final at the Gabba in Brisbane. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, boys, we need to streak this. We need to do like, because I've always been telling them, like, we need to have like publicity stunt that just. Just to project our website. Yeah, so we're like struggling to look, we're like looking for tickets and then all of a sudden we just found like pretty much front row tickets and I think they were pretty expensive. I can't remember how much they cost but then like straight away, so we had the tickets secured. We were like, okay, we need it like, let's think about like the legality of it. Like are we going to get in heaps of trouble? Because like we'd heard we'd heard rumours that like you get fined like 17 grand Mm. for streaking and then like possible jail time and all that. But then like we were like, oh, let's try and bet on it. So we're like going through every betting agency in Australia being like uh, – because in America there's dudes who have won like 250 grand by betting betting on themselves to streak. So we're like looking I don't think that's jailable offence. We're, 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 yeah, we're calling bookies being like, what, is there any like streaking odds? And then like wouldn't even like the people over the phone would just hang up straight away. But we're like going to all the small ones looking for it. And we finally found one and we won two mil- – no, I'm kidding. No, but, um, <laughs> but we could have won and we were like, oh, shit. So we just to try and help pay for the fines or whatever yeah, and sense. make a bit of cash. Makes sense. But um, couldn't find it. And we're like, okay, if we do it nude – they're going to hate it way more yeah. and we're, we're probably going to get like – because there's kids there. Like yeah. Save that for the kids for later. But um, at the <laughs> yeah, game, in front of other website. people, we're like, nah, nah, can't do that. So we're like, what about like 
a man keen in. We're like, it's still in decent exposure because we realised like. And Borat was a very long that, time ago. We, we, we were promoting the new Borat when oh, really? Borat Two came out. We were promoting the new Borat film, and they sent us like. Uh, they told us to make a mankini out of masks, face masks, because of the pandemic. Oh. So then, like, we've done that and, like, made mankinis out of it. We <laughs> ran through Chermside, the busy shop, and we ended up getting charged for it because it's still in decent exposure. Yeah. So we were like, we used- With these mankinis. Yeah, yeah. So, like, still covering, but it's just, you know, probably depends on the cop. But then we're like, okay, fire out. Look, we're going to have to, like, wear clothes. We're like, is there any funny messages we can put? We're like, oh, we don't really want to like seem like we're doing it. It's just a bit cringe if you like save the whales as you're like streaking or some shit. Like, but uh, stay in school. But like, stay in um, school. But like, don't so we're like, oh, let's put our website and like all our socials on it. Smart. It'll, it'll still be a bit cringe, but like, we're like, without it just seeming like, hey, look at us. We're like, let's have a goal for it. So we're like, let's try and kick a goal. Makes sense. At, at the grand final. And then like, so then I'm there and I'm like, obviously, I was like, I'm not doing it because I've got – they asked me at the start if I wanted to do it, but I have such an extensive criminal history that I just got off. Like, So I was like, no way am I like risking that and like they're getting fines and I'm like, I'm in prison for six months. I'm like, I'll just stay. So we like went and bought like supporter gear. I'm in like some Tigers <laughs> – the, the only size left, it was like an extra small. And I'm like wearing a T-shirt under it, looking like an absolute gimp. And then like the boys sort of just like bought like trucker caps and we're like sitting there in the rain in the ponchos. And we were like, we have to do it. And I was like, I was telling mates, I was like, wait, make bets with your mates being like a bet someone streaks the first half, uh, the first quarter, sorry. And then finally like this security guard walked off and we're like, now, 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 bang. They like... Ran onto the field, both scored six points, and then like what we did. A goal for yeah, those playing yeah. on the <laughs> But then, um, what's it called? The game was down the other end. Yeah, yeah the play. Time. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they're on, they're like back there, and it's like because usually they don't televise streakers to not encourage yeah, people. Yeah. But it was like all of a sudden, within ten seconds, the play's already where they are and it's on TV and I'm like, oh no, like moves quicker than rugby, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, like and then I remember I had to sit there and everybody's like, they came from here and I'm like, who are those John guys? Like acted like I was sort of acting like <laughs> this extra expensive. small <laughs> return. Yeah, 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 no, but it, like I sort of played in like a like I sort of do that if we get caught for pranks or something and it's a bit awkward. I'll like hunch my cause I've got like a disabled little brother, so I just think, how do I look like him so I'll be like I'll, I'll hunch my, my shoulders forward drope my arms and then sort of just like big beady eyes and and I was just sort of looking at oh who are that they're idiots they're idiots they're idiots them. Like, and then just like keep repeating myself and all they're like oh and I was like and then like this one guy's like yeah with, oh, I'm not with them and then like this lady's like it's okay it's okay like rubbing my back like like sort of making it seem like believable sh- she's like oh I think this guy is you know, like, <laughs> but like, so then I'm like, I'm like, oh, and I just pretended to have like an anxiety attack and like stood up and just started like shaking and walked off because like s- people around there were angry were guys. They? Dude, it's just like, think about how like hectic, su- like how hectic of supporters people from like Victoria are. They've like probably just flown up. Like, oh, they would have, oh, no, they were, they were pissed. Weeks. Like, yeah, we're big yeah, AFL fans dude, I, and I, they were pissed. I had mates of mine who like, 
I've hung out with in Melbourne plenty of times who messaged me on Facebook and were like, what, you think you're funny, you fucking idiot, all that. And I was just like, yeah, all right, I toss her. But yeah, people were angry and I remember going out and I had all the boys' phones on me and as soon as I like got out of the stadium, I like just legged it down the road, went on their Instagram and just posted uh, a pic saying like a story being like video coming soon because I knew that instantly. Everyone's going. Bang. And then it was just like, I think it was the Smart. most story views. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, just like yeah. instantly just bang, 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 bang. And then signups on the website. I can't say exactly how much we made, but it was like, whew. My very first kind of musical before Wicked, I should say I, I did Hair the Musical over in Perth. So that was like a, it was 2007 when I got back from, from overseas and it was like a pro-am production of Hair. It's a small theatre, the Regal in Subiaco, beautiful old theatre. And everyone got nude in hair. Everyone gets nude. It's like the 60s psychedelic kind of war musical. And at the end of Act 1, everyone drops their clothes and they stand there and it's a very powerful moment. It's wow. Back, it's backlit, but it's like, here we are, we're human, we're all human together. It's a beautiful moment. And very risque for the, for the time back in the 70s. I think it was written in the 60s, 70s. And at the end of the show, I sing this big note, that's me, that's me. <laughs> and the director's like, all right, so you're going to be up on the scaffold, your pants are on, and you're going to have a target painted on your chest. So no top, just a, just a target painted on you. I want you to just take your pants off in that moment and on that note. <laughs> that's me, that's me. So here's me. In the dress rehearsal, I'm like, I can do this. You can do this. Just you and nude. You're just going to be nude. So, to- so there's no, totally no sock. Wow. No. No. So here's me just undoing the buckle, undoing the wow. pants. That's me. Ta- take the pants down. I forgot to tape the mic pack to the back of my back. So it's oh, now, amazing. so it's one of those DPA, you know, one of those Madonna yeah. microphones. And that's now swinging behind me. Oh, <laughs> no. Sing. With your junk out. Like, I'm nude. The microphone is swinging. The pack is swinging behind me like this. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying to hold the note, but it's like holding me back. Oh, my God. Anyway, then I'm like, I'm going to walk backwards. I'm like, I've got to get down the stairs. I've got my pants around my ankles. How do I get down the scaffold? How do I get down the, how do I get down the ladder? So anyway, I turn around and I go to pull up my pants. The spotlight is still on me. Oh. And I, so I mooned the whole audience as well. It's pretty funny. After the show, I'm pretty mortified, obviously. Uh, Just the bending over. Because you can tell the light is still on, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I'll dim the lights. They'll dim it. They didn't, they didn't dim it. But I was like, I have to take my pants up. Um, the director said to me afterwards, he said, yeah, you probably just get the pants on. Just get the yeah. <laughs> air. Yeah, get the, get the pants on. I was like, oh. okay, thanks, mate. Well, I'm sure most of you are in the ER at the moment getting your side stitched back up because that was just hilarious, wasn't it, Doss? <laughs> yeah, it was. How's your hernia feeling? <laughs> oh, mate, it's about to burst, I can, I can assure you. Uh, yeah, for those that have listened all year, you've probably heard that D has a hernia and he's had it for a long time now. He still hasn't had it fixed, but gosh, that was good. That was very, very good. I think I've got a golf ball in there. Yeah, um, you do. Our good friends at golf ball. Well, it's a funny, you used to have a hernia back as a kid, teenager, I should say, Yeah. and you didn't get it looked after for a few years because yeah. it didn't really affect you, no. but uh, every time Doss really laughed... And that wasn't hard to make Doss laugh. But when he really started laughing, he'd actually beg you to stop with tears streaming down his eyes saying, stop, stop my hernia, my hernia. <laughs> and, then uh, I, and also it would, it would get inflamed when I drank alcohol. That's when I decided to get it fixed. If I can't drink beer, I need it fixed. Oh, yes, please. Next now, up, we got shocking moments. Yes, let's change the direction a little bit. Now, last year, some of the shocking, I remember we had uh, Bailey Scarlett and her OnlyFans uh, stories and, and, of course, the, the great boss man. Now, th- today... 
Gee, there's a lot of different categories, uh, not categories, but different, I suppose, uh, directions these stories go. And who's going to kick us off in the shocking category? Kai Ferno. Yep. She is a survival expert. Oh, yes. When you think of Bear Grylls, you should think of this woman because yep. she is Australia's number one. number one survival expert. And she was on a show called Naked and Afraid and she had a story to tell which just, it will blow your mind. The idea, just think alligators, you're walking through a swamp, you've, you're naked Literally, uh, literally, with a bloke you just met, who's someone also you naked. just met, and she's explaining her experience for the first time on that show and how she went that period of time surviving. Oh, it's unbelievable! And then next, we've got uh, Wayne Maddie, who we flew over to Adelaide for this interview. Celebrity bodyguard—that's what he's known as. So when the big boys come out, or, or girls, but when the big names come out to Australia, there's only one man they go to. And I'm talking big names. We're talking John Travolta, uh, Steven Seagal. Beckham, WWE, all these types of operators. They only go John for one Cena. man. John Cena. It's only Wayne. Get me Wayne. He will protect me. Now, Wayne has to put quite literally his life on the line for these people. And boy, does he share some stories here with, uh, with a paparazzi when uh, Wayne actually made a little appearance in the newspaper carrying a lot of pizzas. Uh, that's all we'll say. And David Beckham's also involved. And uh, we might even throw a couple of others in there too for, for young Wayne. But He was a good man, Wayne. Wayne's yeah. an awesome man. Still in great contact with him. And uh, he's a big friend of the show. And... Uh, Awesome if you haven't experience. listened to his ep, you want to listen to that fully after this is oh, finished. Yes, please. And the third one we've got is an Australian Olympian. Oh, yes. Morgan Mitchell. She was, mind you, not only was she, she shared some really amazing insights into her career and highlights across her life, but gosh, she made us laugh. She was funny too. I know this isn't funny moments, but her shocking moment was being a, an athlete of a high profile in Australia in particular, oh, yes. someone with influence, someone with a social media presence. She told us this horrific story about this big, basically, oh, no, not a big personality. Someone on YouTube made a 20-minute YouTube video (laughs) all about her and her body and body shaming her and why she should – she's not a good role model for young women. And this is probably more of a – yeah, probably more of a heartfelt type video because Morgan put her heart on the line and shared how she felt during that moment. But it's just something just shocking. It is. It's literally shocking. And uh, it's probably the one part of the podcast we weren't laughing around and goofing around. But uh, like Doss said, check that one out. And then rounding out the shocking category is Danielle Weber. Now, Danielle is, gee, she's probably Australia's premium artist in the true sense of the... Uh, Mural true, artist. Mur- yeah, exactly. You've got a Danielle Weber in your house now, don't I do. You? I yeah. bought one of her prints, yeah. uh, which I'll, it's, it's awesome. She's, she's unreal if you haven't checked out her work. But she went over to the States. Mm-hmm. And she painted a big mural for the for the premiere of the biggest movie star in the world. Yep. He asked her to paint her a mural and present it to him on the red on the black carpet, I should say. Who was that? It was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Could you believe it? Dwayne Johnson contacted her and said, I want you to paint me. Imagine the pressure. Now, as these kind of events go, she's on New York City, Times Square. As you can imagine, things just never go to plan. Like imagine the biggest moment of your life and your career and the biggest name almost you can possibly get in the entire world and things just didn't quite go to plan. Think of plan A, then think of plan B, then think of plan C and if plan C goes wrong, think of plan D. Like literally. That's literally what happened to Danielle and she came out unscathed. We'll leave that with you guys and we'll join you back shortly. Do you want to explain the Naked and Afraid, the, the actual show and the, I guess, what, what it is? Yeah, so it's taken a while in Australia because I know when I say to people Naked and Afraid, they're like, oh, my gosh, that just sounds like some American crap there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a bit extreme. Um, yep. But 
10 years ago, Discovery gave me a phone call out of the blue and they're like, look, we're doing this new TV show. It's going to be the Everest of survival shows. And you're going to go out there and you're going to survive with nothing. And I was like, wow, intriguing. You know, like as a kid, when I would go to sleep at night, I'd be imagining like Swiss Family Robinson type things. Like, what would I do if I was on a deserted island? Like, how cool yeah. would that be? You know, so that was my fantasy as a kid was to actually be shipwrecked somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds strange. It's coming but, true. Right, right. Yeah. And then so Discovery was sort of offering me this opportunity to start from scratch, you know, but you have a bit of a safety net because you do have a camera crew there. Of course. And then they were like, stay with us though. It's called Naked and Afraid. And I was like, no, thank you. Like oh, I was God. in Byron Bay holidaying with the family at the time and I just remember being like click uh, no thanks you know not my thing I'm not a nudist I don't do yeah. I'm not streaking through school it's not me <laughs> no. and then they called me back the next day and they said look it's all going to be pixelated this will be the like the biggest survival challenge that anyone's ever faced before on tv and for a show and You've got a man and a woman initially meet each other for the first time with no clothes, but you get to bring one item of choice with you. So in a survival scenario, it's not going to be shoes. You know, it's like you're looking at practical things like a blade, a fire starter, a pot, any of those things. So you end up with two items out there, two people, 21 days. And it's not a competition, like no one wins. You just either stay for the 21 days or you tap out at some stage. And you work together, you're on a team. Yeah, Yeah. so that's the idea. But initially they would cast for drama. So they would just put two of the complete opposite Mm. people out there (laughs) and then just be like, Let's see what happens. I'm imagining, imagine if you both brought the same item. That Wouldn't that be shit? Uh, but, well, <laughs> or someone really useless that has no <laughs> yeah. idea what they're doing. Well, see, there's that too. Okay. So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, people's idea of what a survival expert is is very loose as well. You know, I mean, uh, I know what I think someone should be able to do to survive, but you're not going to f- – like at that stage there wasn't a lot of people who – a, knew those sort of things and then B, would volunteer for a show like this. Yeah. So you don't bring the same item because you suggest four items to producers and then they choose one. Mm. So that's, oh, okay. yeah, so you don't end up with two blades gotcha. out there or two of the same things. So um, you say what your four, four things are. But yeah, so it, I thought about it a lot and I had a chat to my parents and because obviously their daughter's going to be appearing naked on television. Mum cried and we <laughs> <laughs> and I decided to do it anyway. Yeah. But I mean it was an exciting challenge. Yeah. And um, it was weird, you know, it really is. But honestly, it's in its tenth season now of wow. filming. It's the most popular show on Discovery and hundreds of episodes have been filmed. And at the end of the day, it's an amazing look at what humans can can endure when they have to. Because everyone goes out there and they think it's produced. They think they're going to get food. They think they're going to water. That's what I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing. Like, especially not in the early seasons. They just dropped us in there and just watched. Mm. And the camera crew don't talk to you. And, you know, you are just really in this situation. And, um, and I just think that... 
people either crumble or they achieve far more than they they even believe they're capable of. So it's it's interesting. Where, where does the camera? What do the camera crew do? Like, do they are they survival experts themselves, or do they just head off for the night? So see you later. Here's a couple of you know wow. cameras or whatever. And, um, and yeah. were you in the Amazon too? I yeah. So so I did Louisiana swamps, my first one. Right. That that sounds lovely. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> like the ads were coming out for wow. it. I was the sixth episode, so the the final episode filmed in the first season and the ads were already coming out before I went in and people were like we're in paradise like the Maldives and Panama and white sandy beaches and swimming in aqua waters and catching fish. Yeah I could survive out there easily for three weeks. (laughs) Like coconuts and bananas and then they're like so we're sending you to the swamps. Oh my (laughs) god. But and we got flooded out we had no dry land like the the mosquitoes were horrendous and people still to this day say it's one of the worst episodes they've ever seen in like the hundreds filmed so it was it was a bit of a thing that i I walked off of i'm like glad i've done that never have to do that again (laughs) but then they asked me again and i've done it a few more times since because i was definitely in the amazon that was a, a new concept they filmed where they sent someone out alone you know, as I said, I, I like being alone. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, but not with all the snakes out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd seen a snake. It would have been delicious. <laughs> <laughs> with the, um, because I don't know what would be, like they're, they're both hard on different levels, but the first part, knowing you're completely naked, yeah. like that, that's a challenge in itself. So yeah. maybe touch on what was harder, that like the confronting manner of that, meeting someone you're completely nude or the fact that, I'm sure after a couple of days you start building this rapport and that 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 whole part of it, the nakedness probably goes out the window, I don't know, at that stage. It's like five seconds. Yeah. You know, you think it's a couple of days but we took our clothes off and stepped out of a canoe into waist-deep water in alligator mating season. Oh, God. So from the second you're waist-deep, you're not like, oh, my gosh, my boobs are showing. It's the last thing you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, about. you're yeah. like, our instruction was to walk like slide your feet slowly along the bottom and if you felt an alligator with your foot, like just slowly back away. So I'm like, yeah, you've just got so many greater things that you're worrying about. That <laughs> you're doing this while you're doing it. Like, no, just, but I, was, I was thinking before, I'm like, yeah, I would hate what I'd smell like and I'd probably my oh. facial hair would look gross after a few days. <laughs> oh. Quickly that becomes not an issue at all. I mean, you don't brush your teeth for 21 days. Oh. Trans- that yeah. would be the biggest challenge for me, I reckon. Mm. Wow. Yeah. But you're not really eating anything true, true. either. So, you know, I mean, you can chew on a bit of stick and use some charcoal. And, I mean, there's ways around it. But, mm. yeah, that first teeth rushing after 21 days, it's almost better than the shower. Oh, yeah. I bet. It changes from client to client. David Beckham hated paparazzi. Mm. Paranoid to the extent of paranoia. Uh, we had him at a point where him and some of the team from the LA Galaxy wanted to go out to get pizza. So we took him to this pizza place. And, I mean, look, I understand where he's coming from. We had paparazzi hiding in bins across the road, like in the big green bin. They're in the bin with the lid open, with the lens out, trying to get photos of it. I'm like, are you serious? I can see it, you know. You feel like going up there and throwing shit in the bin just to to get the photographer. But it got to a point where he'd had enough and he said, look, I've just got to go. He had one of his own personal people with him from the US. He was an uh, ex-US ranger, so he's ex-military. And he said to him, he said, get me out of here. So he's come over to me and he goes, we've got to move David now. David got that paranoid. He got up and he wanted to go and he kind of took off and he went to go and he ran into the kitchen thinking there's going to be a back door. And he goes, the back door. Get into the kitchen. There's no back door. 
David's like, oh, fuck, 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 where do I go, where do I go? So we got him out again, got him through the, the, the restaurant and he bolted, like he ran. And his personal, thank God he was super fit, could keep up with him. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like assistant. a professional soccer player, for yeah. God's sake. You know, I'm, I'm 130 plus kilos. I ain't running for nothing. <laughs> you know, well, I couldn't. <laughs> so he's taken off with him and ran back to the hotel to get him back. Sure enough, who's the monkey that ended up carrying eight pizzas back to the hotel for everyone? <laughs> it's the only clip on the news of me that ended up <laughs> David Beckham's in town and here's his personal bodyguard who must have been hungry for the day on the national news. My phone blew up with everyone going, oh, you work for Pizza Hut now. I'm like, oh, oh, that's hilarious. Funny, funny. Oh. But then you go to the other end of the spectrum with somebody like John Travolta. Mm. My relationship with John Travolta is just amazing. I can't say a bad word about him. He's incredible. I remember when I first was on the tarmac at the airport waiting because he flew himself here in his own jet. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that. Yeah. So I'm standing on the tarmac waiting for the plane to land. He lands and he hops out and he goes up to say hello to the, the important people first. And then I'm standing back there and he sees me and he walks over to me and he puts his hand out. And the first words out of his mouth, and I'm not kidding, is he goes, you are one impressive man. <laughs> I'm sure I said thanks very much. And in my head, I'm going, I like this dude. <laughs> I'd be thinking, so are you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you'll speak for yourself. You know? Yeah. So um, that was the start of our kind of working relationship mm. was he, he knows how to get people on the right side of him as well because you always compliment them and that's what he did. So he's yeah. very smart. Uh, having said that, he was really great to work with. He would, would talk to me and engage with me like I was – stone cold looking this way doing my job and stuff but then he'd come up and say you know is everything okay do you need a drink are you all right you know he's worried about me and i'm like wow dude you're john travolta don't worry about me okay <laughs> yeah. oh, my job's you and i remember we were in the lift we got back to the hotel after one event i can't remember what it was and he's standing next to me and he puts his arm around me and he puts his head on my shoulder i said you're right what's wrong he goes i'm so tired wayne <laughs> I'm like, it's all right, man. Don't worry. I'll get you back yeah. to your room. And he had his uh, assistant with him and all this sort of stuff. So we had a really good relationship like that. But then we were doing this. It's called an evening with. It was through a, a business called Anthology. Uh, my manager owns that. So, Anthony, there you go. There's a plug. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> we like that. Um, he was doing an evening with. So he would sit up on stage and have a discussions with the whole crowd and talk about the movies, the films, dancing, singing, all this sort of stuff. And at the back of the theatre, it was in St Kilda. You know, there's a, a theatre that's on the beach kind of down there. Is it the Palais? Yes, yeah. yes. Mm. So I'm not sure if you know the back area of the theatre, but it's actually all caged in. Yeah. So we had the limousine in there. So we're just about to bring him out. John has this thing that if any of his fans see him, he has to go see them. He has wow. to sign an autograph. He will have a photo with them. He doesn't want them to think bad of him. He wants to give them an experience. Wow. So there's two ways we look at it. John says, there's either two things you can do. He said, one, you can get me in and out of places without anyone knowing. And he goes, I'm fine with that. He said, but if you get me in and out of somewhere and a fan sees me and so on, he goes, I'm going to see them. Okay. Wow. No worries. So at the hotel, when we got there, there was a few fans out the front. So we wanted to go say hello and sign and take photos. No problem. Did that and it was all right. Once the show had finished at St Kilda, we've gone out to the back area where it's all caged in. I've walked out there and all of a sudden there's like 500 people outside the cage. And I've gone, <laughs> Long he's going to see 500 people and go, I need to see them. And you know what? I was right. He's walked up to the fence and he's touching everyone's hands. and been, g'day, 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 how you going like this? And then he gets to a point where the gate is. 
And he goes, oh, I can open the gate. He's pulled the gate open, moved oh, the security out of the way, and he's walked smack out into the middle of 500 people. Oh, my God. I've gone, oh. So I've what gone straight in with him. I'm right behind, like literally right behind, almost like I'm hugging him, keeping people away, and they're all getting trying to get pictures, and he's signing stuff and so on. I'm thinking, this is my nightmare because I have him in the middle of 500 people. I can't control 500 people on my own. I'm trying to cover him as best I can. <laughs> Without, you know, someone coming in with a knife or a bat yeah. or, a, yeah. you know, a gun or anything. So I give him about, you know, five or six minutes and then I just grabbed him. I said, Johnny, we're going to go. And I start moving him along and he's still signing as I'm moving him along <laughs> like this, you know. And we get him into the car and he goes, oh, thanks. He said, yeah, that was, that, that was really good because he was able to engage with them. And then the end result was I was the bad guy. Yeah. I yeah. said, Johnny, we got to go. And I had to move him. So he kept trying to sign and that. So at the end of the day, everyone would have gone, oh, John Travolta is so nice. He yeah, wanted to stay and yeah. sign. You know, security was an arsehole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I get abused for fucking everything. It's so funny. I had someone make a 17-minute YouTube video on me, bullying me about my body. Literally about my body, yeah. And my friends are like, "Look, we've watched it. Don't watch it because you'll fucking. We don't know what's going to happen." Yeah. But it's like you didn't watch it, did you? No, I watched the first thirty seconds uh, and started crying, and then I was like, "Oh no, I didn't even know." It's horrible. Yeah, and it's was that an Australian person? That no, he was American. <sighs> Funnily enough, with a daughter and a wife, and he's bagging a young female. I was like twenty three or twenty four at the time. But I'm always, you know, and was he a former world champion in running? No, he's one of those like buff gym. Okay, and because I'm a vegan, it's like, oh, you just need a steak Uh, and a hug, and I'm like, (laughs) what the? I I honestly don't ever really tell anyone anymore that I'm vegan, purely because when the game changers came out, it came with a lot of negative backlash, and I'm like 21 years old at the time when it did come out. Like I'm just, I'm just living. Like I got asked to do a, you know, to be in a documentary and. Yeah, you didn't Some ask for it. Some of it was positive, yeah. yeah. But there's always people going at me for my diet, my coaching choices, my body, my work away from the track. Like anytime I breathe, <laughs> they're like, oh, God, <laughs> here she goes again, stealing all the oxygen. And I think that's why in the past few years I've probably taken a step back from athletics in the sense that I still train but I'm not as vocal about my choices in life because someone always has an issue. I don't usually do podcasts that often, if ever, because usually it just gives people an angle. But now I'm working with my psych and he's amazing. He's like, Morgan, fuck them all off. Like, it's your life. Yeah. Don't let their energy in. And we're working really hard on that. And I just, the last, even the last few months, I've just felt so much better because of it. But it is funny. I, I, it all started when I was 18. So for the past 10, 11 years, now that I'm 29, I've caught nothing but abuse. And still there's support, but the support usually only comes from either really young fans or just family and friends. And everyone else, I, I don't even know if people would watch this, but it is funny, like the people that bag me, they would watch some of this stuff like, oh, we didn't know that. Yeah. I'm like, you guys were the fucking bullies. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Mm. Just because I get to do certain things away from the track, people think my life's fun and shiny, but I still had social anxiety. I still have like certain things go on that I'm trying to control. And just because people see things going good doesn't mean I'm always good mentally or in a good place spiritually or energetically or whatever. So I think that's like the hardest part. And that's something I'm definitely working on, like especially with commenting on women's bodies in sport. Mm. Even men, men cop it too. But for me, it's just like it's a big no-no. Mm. Yeah, we have to get out there in undies and a crop top, which is hard enough. We're not Victoria's Secret models. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. to, well the, the thing that oh, to make a 17-minute YouTube video about pathetic, yeah. Uh, you know, a young girl's body. Yeah, I just 
I don't quite understand what goes through someone's head to do that. Like, yeah, what that, gives you the right or the? Why does anybody want to hear your opinion on that in yeah. the first place? And then post all this misinformation about my racing. I'm like, no kidding, mate. I've come dead last. I've come first. I've come fourth. I've done this. I'm so used to all of that, but at least get the facts right. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna comment on me, at least like post information that's correct. But to say like, oh, she's got cottage cheese thighs and this and that. Wow. I'm like, and <laughs> yeah. I just now I'm at this point where I just don't care anymore. I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> moving on. The biggest one that's probably like a standout is um, the friendship that I've developed with The Rock. He called, we're, he's D2, so uh. really we all we could be good buddies, you know. Like He's like, hey, well, dude, well, mate, well, hey, I'm hey, left You're hey. yours. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Close, you do as well, yeah. so it's all right. That's, that's so many Ds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a code coming later, so stay tuned. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I think that was big in that when you're doing something that you're not sure is going to get you anywhere slash you're going to be able to make a living out of when you're figuring out if you're valued or you, you give provide value. I think having someone like the rock is pretty cool, you know, stopping, stopping in and saying, Hey, like keep going, keep doing what you're doing. So meeting him in 2015 was huge. Developed a relationship with him where he'd just pop in every now and then and say, Hey, like, how are you going? And what do you call him? D. <laughs> D. Yeah, he calls me no. D. Yeah, oh, cool. that's nice. And yeah. nice. What, so you did a, a mural of him? I did a painting and uh, he saw that. Okay. And then he was like, looking forward to meeting you one day. And then I did a, a paint and something for him as a gift to say thank you. And basically th- flew that over, met him, kept in contact. And then last year he asked me to do a piece for his premiere for the Black Adam movie. Yeah. And I presented it to him on the black carpet. Tell us about that moment before it gets revealed. How are you feeling? Oh, yeah. The uh, nerves. Like, I would love to know that. That you know, it's all great hearing about when it gets revealed and everyone's hugging and kissing and cheering. Yeah. But I but don't even know if I've actually spoken about it in detail. Hey, I get there and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Quite realistically, because I'm like, this. He's like main sidekick woman's like looking for me. She's like, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm on, it's Times Square, so it's like hectic. There's lots going on. Didn't know where the painting was at this point. Okay. Oh, jeez. It was. How did I, you get it over there? I rolled it up and took it in a tube, okay. and then I got some random guy to come pick it up to frame it. And so I was just trusting that he was doing that and dropping it off at Times Square at the right time. Oh my god! And, th- and um, this is for the premiere. Yes, for the for the world premiere. <laughs> world premiere. The world. The world premiere. In Times Square in New York in City. In Times Square in New York City. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So here am I like just like trying to walk in these heels like what am I doing? And I'm like, is the painting here yet? And we're like probably like half an hour out of him him arriving. And then she's just like, oh, the van's here. And I'm, so we go out and there's like just people screaming and like everyone. I'm like, oh, my God. Gets the canvas out. And I said to the guy, I'm like, I need an easel because Dwayne had said like this is how I want it. I'm going to walk over. We're going to have black cloth. We're going to reveal it. And then we'll say both say something and like blah, blah, blah. So he had it all planned out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, like execute this in a city that I don't know anyone. I've got no one with me. I'm on my own. Oh. Like didn't take anyone with me. So That's, that's um, scary in itself. Oh, yeah. Like not even a videographer to capture all this <laughs> yeah. fucking absolute <laughs> shambles. So I'm like, cool, cool, we're, we're good. The, the easel comes out. It's like a third of the size of that. The painting was that size. See that frame there? That's actually the, the frame. The that, massive one. Um, the one, yes, the one behind that girl. Oh, the yeah. empty one is the one that I actually okay. painted him on gotcha. and I took it off that frame. Wow. So I think, yeah, I think so. Maybe, yeah. 
Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> we'll go with that one. That big. So there's a huge painting on an easel that's plastic and a third of the size of Tiny. that. And I'm like, where is that going? Because yeah. that ain't going to hold my painting up. So I'm looking at I'm like, we need an easel. Like, I'm, I'm, like he wants it on an easel. He wants it up. He wants it to be a big thing. Then they have this tiny piece of black cloth. Like I'm talking like <laughs> a, Co- a covers one the man's side. Head. Like <laughs> cover my left tip. Like yeah. literally like, oh, like just going to put that there. Like cool. Like and you've got this huge dude on a canvas and he wants to cover it. Yeah. And I'm like, where's that going to go? Yeah. So I just said, I, I've just befriended randoms and I was like, hey, like I need some black cloth. I'm like, do you, did you set this thing? He's like, yeah, like we like rolled out this, this plea. I'm like, okay, cool. Do you have black cloth? Like we need black cloth. And you need like, and I'm like, do you have an easel? And they're like, no, we don't have an easel. And I'm like, you and you, you're going to be human easels. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, the rock's going to come over and you're going to have to stand behind the piece and be a human easel. So I've acquired these two random guys. One of them had a booger in his nose. I'm like, oh, just stand uh. there for a second. Pulled the booger out you for did. him. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I shit you not. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, no worries. What up? You just plucked like, a booger and a bit of awkward. nose hair. He came back to me later. I'm like, dude, you have another one. I'm like, how did that get there? And why has no one told That's you? It's a sinus like, infection for sure. And he's like, these people in Australia, like, they're built different. Yeah. I'm like, this is normal for me, man. I'm like, this is all good. I'm like, I've got your back. Wow. But it's funny because, like, we see The Rock get here. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And they're like, you're second in line. So he did like a live. He was live streaming on TikTok and on his Instagram. I didn't know that it was live on Instagram. So I was just standing like, cool. Like, what am I doing? I'm like, handed my camera to phone to someone. I'm like, can you just film a bit of this? Like, that oh, would be no. great. Might That'd be, be lovely. Might be important. <laughs> I'm like yeah. taking selfies. Like, woo, like, this yeah. is so funny. And he, he like walks over, does his TikTok interview and then next to me, we were supposed to like re- rehearse like what we were going to say. We didn't get a chance to. Oh, no. So I'm like, I've got to speak and I have no fucking idea oh, what I'm no. going to say. Yeah. So I just winged it. Came out all right? Came out all right. Yeah. wasn't too bad. I didn't swear. So that was great. <laughs> and then, um, but it, the, the funniest thing was he came over and he's like, Oh, hey, guys, and, like, smacked him on the shoulder. Oh, the, like, the human you. easels. The, the human easels. So he, like, tapped them both on the <laughs> they back. They would have loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. So, um, and that's how you roll. Wow. That gave me anxiety. I'm not sure which one I liked the most there, mate. I'm shocked. My and jaws hit the ground. Again, we're going to preface this by saying it's really hard to pick just right. four. 52 episodes this year, For Dad. those that listen to everybody, you're probably wondering, oh, geez, there was a person there that I was thinking I might have heard, but... It's so hard to pick four. It is. And we're trying to give you a little bit of variety. This is a variety show here, so uh, but shocking. Now, what we're going to say, you might think, oh, boys, you know, we're more of the interviews, more of the interviews. Very soon. Yeah, you'll get them. But for those that love the Dawson D show, and we thank you for listening every once a month, they get us too, don't they? They do, and they get our rawest, as you can imagine. We've shared everything on this show, as deep as you can imagine, as uh, vulnerable as you can imagine, and literally as embarrassing as you can imagine. That's the Doss and D show. So once a month, we get together and we really recap, maybe not the month it's been, but we dive into some weird areas of things that are going on in our lives that hopefully, that, well, the feedback we get is that it's uh, extraordinarily funny. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we're going to give you some of the, the best Doss and D moments of this year, which just includes... Us two from the Dawson Down Cut episode, so you won't hear other people's voices in that. Now, kicking us off, we went off to a wedding early this year, uh, a Bucks and a wedding, but the wedding day in particular, one of our good mates, our first of our schoolmates to get married. And uh, let's just say, Dawson D, as we like to do, 
We accidentally made the attention all about us, but uh, at the exact wrong time you can imagine. So <laughs> we you, nearly ruined the whole ceremony. You think about somebody's happiest day of their life and they're literally about to say, I do, and then somehow we managed to almost ruin the whole thing. So uh, <laughs> we'll leave you with that story. But then what's after that? Well, we had a nice little challenge throughout the year where we might have thought about pranking a couple of people on mm. the show, which we did and we had a bit of fun. But um, we played the What's That Challenge. So yeah. basically what's we, that? Yeah, exactly. What's that? What's huh? that? We did that to, to your mum and to my nan. <laughs> oh, yes. And... Jeez, it got a good response. But mind you, I was feeling pretty guilty afterwards. Oh, me too. Um, but but it, exactly. So what is the What's That Challenge? Because we... Essentially, we called your mum. Yep. And every single... I don't know how often, but it was... How many times can you say, what's that? So when, when your mum speaks, you're basically saying to her, what's that? Like, you can't hear her. Yeah, there's and a bad line. your poor mother, she ended up leaving <sighs> her office, walking all the way downstairs, going to the car park, going to her car... Oh. And um, and your nan too, yeah. like she she basically said, mate, what is wrong with your phone? Like you <laughs> she get said, do you, do you need hearing aids, Wade? <laughs> That's coming from my eighty plus year old grandmother. Yeah, and then we and then afterwards, which you got to go back and listen to the episode to hear this. But then we actually uh, took our attention to the uh, to the actual public, and we started ringing some <laughs> local <laughs> local fish and chipperies and uh, pizza shops to uh, to try that on. Yeah, that didn't strangers. work, did it? No, but uh, you'll hear our uh, our family connections with that, and hopefully you have a laugh. Then very very early in the year, might have been the first Austin D episode. So, by the way, we'll put all the show in the show notes. We have reference to every clip we played today, so you can go back and listen to the full episode. But early on in the year, at a Christmas party last year, I went with, uh, at the time, I was working a different job, and uh, I took a colleague out, and uh, I became his wingman. I will preface by saying, not the easiest bloke to wingman, uh, maybe not the most. <laughs> and uh, where, was the, uh, where was the place you took him to? <laughs> of course, it was Club Retro. Uh, <laughs> Our favourite. Where, where I do my best work. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, when I tried to wingman this poor bastard, unfortunately, the uh, let's just say the target, the woman that I saw in the crowd that I thought could be the perfect match, she might have overheard me making the grand plan. And uh, when he when he went Did over to say hello, things didn't quite go as as uh, as would have liked to work out. Oh, so no. you'll hear that story, and uh, hopefully that'll give you a laugh. And what's rounding it out for well, us? Well, we 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 did a lot of work this year, creating content away from Dawson D, the podcast, yep. the show, the audio experience. We wanted to try and do more video type content over on YouTube. Yep. Key element of that was okay. Well, we're going to do some challenges, some DOS vs D style. Give and, us a few and of the see ones. how it goes. So basically, we, we did a few DOS vs D challenges. So we did some quizzes, a lot, yep. of, lot a few football AFL quizzes, um, music. We did a music quiz. We did an Aussie quiz, Australia quiz. Yep. But then we also did some DOS vs D challenges with some former guests. One of them in particular was while we were up in the Gold Coast, Cooper Chapman, the pro surfer, did a DOS VD surfing challenge. Oh uh, I won't give away the winner or the loser, but there's always a punishment. Go over to YouTube, you can find well, that. Well, that's the main thing. Whoever loses these challenges, punishment. Yeah, so but one of the DOS VD challenges this, this year, we did uh, try not to laugh. So we sat opposite each other and you might have seen that kind of content all over your TikTok or wherever you watch um, your your content and you're telling jokes to one another and trying to make each other laugh. So yeah, D and I, we... We thought, oh, this might be funny. So we came up with our, our best one-liners and our mm. best gags and our best accents and our best just goofy dark goofy humor, selves, dark humor and somewhere to cut. Yeah, and so we, we thought we'd throw in today a few of those jokes and, and just see what you think of those. How about you guys try not to laugh at that? Yeah, but, uh, all right. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah. all right. There's a Dossa D. Enjoy it, folks. There was a couple of stories that come out of the evening and, mm. and one of them in particular was Dawson D's arrival of the occasion on the day. You know, we love making a scene. Uh, we love making a scene and we want everyone to to know we've arrived. It's important. Well, let's cast the clock back just a little bit prior to that. So 
What time was the wedding due to start? Because we did lose the invitations. Four o'clock it was due to start, 4pm in the afternoon. And um, I went to a wedding the week before Mm. in Adelaide. So two weekends of two weddings. It's big. Yeah, it was was big. The first wedding I went to in Adelaide, the wedding started at 2.30. Word punctual. No, the wedding was meant to start at 2.30, started at 3.30 in the end. So everyone's waiting for an hour. Well, this one, we thought, I thought the same thing. Well, I'm a punctual person, so I hate being, I I think if you're, if you're on time, you're late. That's kind of yep. How, yep. I, how, how I feel. And I thought, you know what? It'll be on the dot at four o'clock. I spoke to Jared, who was getting married yep. the week before, and he's like, no, nah, we're going to be ready to go. So that, that was kind of the way I, I thought about it. We actually got ourselves prepared because it's actually an hour from where we live, where we're going. Very remote destination in a castle. 60-minute drive. 60-minute drive. So we, we found that, but we found that Diddy, the app, is that how you pronounce it? Diddy. Diddy, the app, uh, was about 50% cheaper than... Uber. That's what we like. When so, it comes to spending the Dawson D card or the mm. Dawson D fund, we tend I to hope the not listening. No, we we're not. We're not spending the Dawson D money on uh, on going to weddings, are we? No. Wait. Who did? Oh, the accountant. Yeah. 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 Probably shouldn't be spending our money there. No, <laughs> well, we're not spending on a wedding. I mean, the wedding's all free. Yeah, so it's just the transport. The transport. Yeah, it was yeah. a business transaction, apparently. Yeah, gotta but claim, gotta claim that. Gotta, yeah, we will be claiming that too, actually, which is lovely. So we ordered the DD, and then we're sitting waiting, and uh, they kept cancelling. And a cancellation, another cancellation. And Uber's doing the same at the moment. Anyone listening, I don't know if you realise or understand, but Uber are just cancelling. You, you order an Uber. It's bullshit. Within the first, you know, maybe five minutes, it'll get cancelled. Yeah, and especially where we're going, because we're so, going to such a rem- remote location, they're not going to get many jobs. They're going to have to drive back into Melbourne to find jobs. Exactly. So I understand why they're cancelling. But Ralph was telling us the rule over in the UK. Like if you're within two minutes, Ralph, is that right? Yeah. Two minutes from being picked up, they cannot cancel on you. Yeah, because it's well, two minutes up, from when they accept it. Often when they accept it. Yeah, well, that's so. how it should be because this is ridiculous. But anyway, I ended up begging the last guy because I was checking the time. And at this stage, we were due to leave here at 10 to 3, which meant all things going we right. We'll arrive at 10 to 4. 10 minutes early. And I said to the bloke, please, please, like make sure Pleading. you're here. And he said, yep, no worries. And he said, I'll just be 10 minutes. So I'm watching the app and he's not moving. I'm like, where the fuck is he? Turns out I, I did a little bit of zoom, little little what, the map? pinch on the map. And I saw there was that... Uh, Mackey's, as Ralph would call it, or Mackey's, uh, McDonald's, yeah, and uh, obviously having a bit of a, a snack before coming. And I'm like, Mate, we got to get here, and then we're watching him, watching him, watching him. We're like, fuck, like he's really taking his time. Took the back roads, eventually get here. We jump in the Uber. We're not in the mood for small talk. Just get us to the wedding because, according to his map, we were going to arrive at four o one, and Doss is like, "Mate, don't worry, it's going to be fine." But I was stressing. Yeah, and then as we got closer to this, uh, up these beautiful, up the down in the mountains. mountains. Our good friend Will James, who we spoke to this morning, shout out to Will, he, uh, he actually texted me, he said, where the fuck are you? So I said, mate, we're five minutes. He's like, you're going to miss it in capitals. So now we're panicking. We're two minutes from the wedding location and we're keeping our eyes peeled. And this bloke going up a, you know, a mountain that's a, you know, there's a very narrow road, he drives straight past it. Doss goes, mate, I think you've just missed the turn off. He goes, oh, did I? So the bloke decides to do a three-point turn on a mountain. I, I think it was about an eight-point turn. Oh, and there was a cars. Anyway, I, at this stage, I didn't care. And he's driving up the dirt road. We're getting to the wedding location. And what did we say? We're like, mate, can you drive us? Because we knew we we're about to miss a wedding. Can you drive Don't us? Don't drop us just to the front of the spot on the road. Drive, drive into, the, into the complex and drive us in. Absolutely. But this is where it gets bad. So he's driving up. And then we look to our left. And we can see everybody standing there. And you hear this Uber coming. And I can see the... Bride and groom have already walked down the aisle. They're, they're standing at the altar. It's, it's begun. The ceremony has begun. They're about to say their vows. Absolutely. And then 
what happened? Well, we drive past all these parked cars and then he starts almost putting the foot down and then we kind of drive past these trees on the left of us in the car and then all of a sudden past the trees, there's everyone standing there looking at the altar and he just starts zooming up to almost the back of the the entire... Um, almost where the bride and groom were standing, if they were to look directly up, they would have seen the car, just an Uber in the background on their wedding day. Yeah. And everybody's looked and we've literally yelled, stop, stop, stop. And then we're like, if he went... If he, I'm not kidding. If he kept his foot on the accelerator for another two seconds, he would have ruined the wedding because oh. he would have had to do... Everyone, the whole entire... What do you call them? A congregation? Congregation. Uh, the whole entire congregation turned heads from looking at the bride and groom, turned heads to looking at us. But can you imagine how close we were to disaster? Because if he went up, there was nowhere to turn the car around. So he would have had to do a three-point turn. Or reverse. Or reverse. Down, down the, the hill. Mountain. <laughs> and the While the wedding's on And the bride and group decided not to use microphones yeah. Don't know what, strange decision that yeah. But they, So all you would have heard is a car And that was just shocking but, uh, and, then, and then of course we saw Jai Richardson's stupid face Grinning, you know, tapping his watch Looking at us and like, yeah, oh, yeah It was terrible And even to the point where, uh, you know, they, they announced, you know and now it's husband and wife. You may kiss the bride, and then the bride and groom walk back up the aisle towards the e- towards the end. And me and Dee are standing at the end with Dee and the groom, our mate Jared, locked eyes, and it, it was just a look of disappointment. It's like he knew that he goes, "Boys, I know you fucked up." Let's warm up. We're gonna warm up. We're gonna ring up my nan Leslie. <laughs> uh, nan, she's uh, she loves a, f- a chat on the phone, so. I reckon, uh, I reckon well, she's got hearing difficulties for one. So I, I don't think she'll be, you know, shocked or surprised when, I, when I'm saying this too. But normally it's her saying, what's that? But uh, I'll ring, should I ring her yeah, up Yeah, let's see how many you can get. What are you going to, before you make that call, how many do you reckon you can get out of her? And it's the middle of a Friday afternoon oh, at the moment too. I so. reckon I can get, because it's a warm up as well. I could get 10. 10. All right, yeah. let's see if we can All get right, 10. Let's go. Come on, Nan. Come on, Leslie. Come on, Les. She's usually late to answer the phone. I rang her a few days ago. <laughs> she might be out. She might be out for a walk. Hi, mate. Hey, Nan. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm just washing the floor. What's that? <laughs> What's that? I'm washing, mopping the floor. Oh, oh. How's it going? Which I don't do very often. What, what's that? I don't do it very often. Oh, yeah. Neither do I, to be honest. <laughs> What are you up to? What's that? What are you up to? What's that? I can't hear. What are you up to? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, just uh, just on my way to Elstonwick, you know, uh, recording the podcast today oh, with right. Dee. So, yeah. But um, what are you? Yeah, what are how's you... Dee going all right? What's that? Dee going all right? Yeah, Dee, Dee's good. Dee's good. We're, um, we're just, uh, yeah, we're going to get stuck into some planning. And, and then I'm going to the footy tonight. The doggies are playing. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Who are you playing again? What's that? Who are you? You'll have to get some hearing aids. Is, it, is, there a, <laughs> is it a bad line? <laughs> Sorry, what's Who that? Who are they playing? I can't remember. Oh, they're playing the Bombers. They're playing the Bombers. Yeah. Oh, hopefully they'll win. Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. But, um... Anyway, Nan, I just I just need to tell you, you're actually on the podcast. It was a, it was a game. We're trying to hi, Les. So you've got D on the phone as well. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Welcome to the Dawson D Show, Les. <laughs> We're just doing a little uh, test. We're trying to see how many times we could say what's that. So I could hear you the whole time. How many did I get? 
I got oh, eight. eight. Yeah, we got. I got eight. So, uh, but thanks. Thanks. I wasn't sure if you're going to answer the phone, Dad, but you did. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Naughty Wade. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for playing that. I'll, I'll ring you later on, and I'll have a proper chat to you. All right. Dad. All right. See you tomorrow, then. Love. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Love you, darling. Love you too. Bye, see bye, you bye. That was good. Well done. Thanks. That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm catching up with Nan tomorrow. Actually. Oh, so. fantastic. Yeah, we yeah. can. Uh, so how many did I? I've got eight. 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 All right. I'm going to try beat eight. All right. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to give another loyal listener a, a call from the Dawson D show, and that's going to be my mum. It's my little warm up before the big challenge. I'm going to. So you got eight. I got eight. Now mum's mum's at work at the moment, and I really hope that she's stuck in the office. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll wait. I'm actually a bit nervous. I don't know why. Oh yeah, I'm nervous too. Oh, all right. No, I'm going to ring mum because I don't reckon she's going to be too happy with this. But uh, we'll see how we go. Come on. Come on, Zaga. Please answer, mum. <coughs> Hi, darling. What's that? Hi, darling. Oh, hey, Did Mum. you just ring me? Hey, how, how are you going? Yeah, good, good. How are you? What's that? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? What's that? Did you, ju- did you just ring me? Yeah, yeah. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. What are you up to? I'm just in the office. What's that? Hang on, I'll go somewhere where you can hear me better. The reception, I'll, I'll just go to the sample room. Maybe the reception will be better there. Can you hear me now? That's better. That's much better. Yeah, okay. It'll be even better in a sec. Okay, all right. Yeah, So. Yeah. no, I'm just in the office, Mike. What's that? I'm just in the office. Oh, wait, wait, what are you, what, wait, what, what are you doing? I'm in the office. Oh, nice, nice. How's your day going? Yeah, good, good. I've got some. Um, what's that? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm here. Hang on, I'll go outside. Like I don't know why it's it's stuffing about. I'll get my keys and go outside. Can you hear me now? It's clearing up. Yeah. Well, it, I'm going back to my desk. But what I'll do is I'll grab my keys and just walk out the outside because um, sometimes it stuffs about upstairs here. I don't know why it does that. Or whether it's your end, I don't know. Are, are the bosses in? Is everybody in? Uh, Al's not in. Well, he's in. He's just gone out to grab some lunch. Uh, Ian and Warwick are in. But um, it's that? pretty quiet here. Ian what? Yeah, they're in, but it's pretty quiet. What's that? Oh, I'm going outside. They're in, but it's very quiet here. Oh, okay. Hey, I've got something to tell you. Yeah. You're on the Dawson D show. You've uh, just been praying to my Hello, Zyga. How are you? <laughs> hello. How are we? You're, you're live on the podcast. So explain to your mother uh, what we were just doing. Unfortunately, so we're doing oh, a little... Are, uh, we're doing a challenge. <laughs> it's called the What's That Challenge. And uh, essentially, we have to spring people and ask them, say the word, what's that, as many times as we can and, and get them you know, out of their desk or their, uh, their position. So uh, sorry about that, Mum. <laughs> How many times did you get it? <laughs> so we got eight. And sorry for making you leave the office. <laughs> yes, I was so sorry for doing that. Uh, can, you, can you just clearly explain to me what you require me to do? Because I'm very confused. No, you're done. We just, we just, we just used you then. <laughs> the whole the challenge was over. I could hear you clearly the whole time. Oh, you, oh, you rat bag. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Sorry, Mum. Oh. I'll let you get back to work. Thanks, Zyga. Okay. Oh, well, it's a nice sunny day. You got me away from my desk, and now I just want to stand out here in the warm sunshine. Oh, anyway, do you, do you I better to, go back to work. Do you have a message to send to the Dawson D listeners before we let you go? 
Uh, keep listening, listening to these legends. That's well, all I can thanks, say. Thanks, Mum. Thank That's you. why we love you, Zyga. Thank you. All righty. Take right. care. Bye, Mum. Bye. Bye. But anyway, had my last hurrah at the Christmas party, which I won that beautiful, ugly sweater. Normally at these Christmas parties, and I think I've told you about some yeah. of the antics in the past and uh, with other staff members that have uh, happened. <laughs> and this year I went in and uh, tried, you know, there's 100 people there. And in the end, no one wanted to kick on. There was only two of us, you know, me and uh, another guy that I work closely with. And uh, he wanted to go out. I said, you know, I'm I, know the pa- I know the plays. I'm a, well, well, I said, I'm a man of my word. So, you know, I always, you know, if I said I'm going out, I'm going out. So, and he said, look, can you wingman me? I said, yeah, leave this one to me. Is this <laughs> when you're out? Yeah, I said, leave this so one. So where did you go? Leave this one to the master. Well, he actually was the one that told us about Club. No, actually, there was a girl on an app a few years ago that said Club Retro, but he he regularly goes to Club Retro, so there was only one place we're going, back to that place. And you know how hot it gets in there. Fucking It roasting. was roasting that night. Like, I was oh, – it was so hot. Anyway, I said, leave this one to the master. I'll sort you out, son. Uh, and very out of practice. And, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, been a while. Anyway, actually, the first the first one I went up to and uh, – well, what did you say? I can't. I, I like, actually, what do you say when you're wingman? Well, this was great. This was fantastic. So uh, he was having a bit of a dance and she was sort of dancing around and she, came, she actually started talking to me, which was great. So that was easy and I started, you know, I can't remember what I was talking about. But Queen was playing in Club Retro, a bit of Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, the guy that I was with has long black hair and I said, uh, I said do, you, do you like the band Queen? She goes, yeah, I do. I said, do you know much about him? Yeah, I do. I'm like, uh, I think that's Brian May. <laughs> He does look like <laughs> Put a photo up. Yeah. Uh, so and she and, and she's like, oh, and anyway, I got Google up and I showed her a photo and she's like, oh my God, he looks like Brian May and blah, blah. So anyway, uh, I got them off and off they went. And, you uh, got them off? No, I didn't get them off. No, they, uh, they, they went, they off, went off. Nothing happened though. I actually saw him in the corner. I'm like, gee, it looks like the world's most boring conversation. They're just smoking in the smokers. But uh, they were gone for an hour. So now I'm stuck in a nightclub by myself. Back in the day, I actually used to love when, some, when you buy yourself for half an hour and you could Kind of work a bit of magic. Group and yeah, but I wasn't there for any of that. So I'm like, now I'm fucking stuck in a nightclub. Actually, I somehow became a bloke's life coach. In I was at the bar. We started chatting about. It all started with talking about the killers and the uh, bed. Yeah, our favourite songs. So I was taking a piss, and he was talk, he was chewing some other bloke's ear off about their greatest hits. And I joined in the conversation. Next thing we're having a beer. Well, I wasn't drinking, but he was having a beer, and I was sitting next to him, and he told me how his life's gone to shit, and I was coaching him through it. Uh, anyway, but after a while, I'm like, mate, all right. Nice meeting you. I hope everything goes well. You know, good on you. See you later. I've got some queen to sing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, I'm like, where the f-, f is this guy? And I've found him in the smokers. So now I'm like, all right, either, mate, go on, go in for it so we can get out of here or come back so I can hang out with someone. So I'm, stand- I'm sitting in the smokers all by myself to get the fresh air because the wind's blowing down, you're getting a bit of coolness through. And I'm <laughs> looking in the corner and I can see him like, all right, everything's going well. Now I'm sitting on this long table by myself and there was a group of girls, about four of them, and they're sitting in the corner. And one of them comes up and goes, oh, you're using that chair. I said, no, no, take it, take it, take it. And she goes, yeah, thank you. She comes back five minutes later and goes, oh, you're not using the other one, are you? Said, I, I said, no, I'm actually just seeing you by myself, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and she felt bad. She's like, oh, really? You by yourself? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, no, but I'm fine. Like, I'm waiting for someone, blah, blah, blah. She goes, well, you know, if you like, you can come and sit with us. I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I, I was so bad. I'm like, no, I'm actually fine. Like, I'm not upset or depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm like, I'm, I actually want to be by myself. Surprised she didn't actually ask you for a cigarette. She didn't give you a cigarette. Oh, she's like, well, you can come sit with us if you want. I thought there was nothing. Lovely but, gesture. Lovely, thank you. Lovely gesture. Lovely to gesture. Person, I don't know, but imagine, imagine pulling up a chair and sitting at the end of a table with people you don't oh, know. I'm D. Yeah. Uh, but where I'm getting at with this very long story is that. You know, and you know what it's like, and I'm sorry if this sounds, you know, this might sound rude, but when you're there to be a wingman or, or people are there to pick up, 
as the night goes on, people's standards start to kind of drop. And, you, and if you're there to pick up, you know, in his case, he's like, I just want to, you know, could I have something? I want my lips to, I want my lips to touch someone else's. Exactly. And, and suddenly, you know, you're not so uh, picky on, yeah. on who you choose. Anyway, and, he, and the poor bloke, he wasn't getting it done by himself. He was getting rejection after rejection. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Anyway. He's like, I said to him, mate. Is it the Brian May locks? Yeah, I, maybe. Anyway, I said Maybe to the him, dress that he was wearing. <laughs> was not, that's ridiculous. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Cut that out. It wasn't doing that. Um, anyway, I said. Sorry, I found my joke very funny. Uh, it was funny. I said, I said, I'm leaving. I said, all right, I'm leaving. He said, look, can we go one more? And I looked around. I'm like, who, who, who is he not being rejected by tonight? And there was this one left. And I, and I must have said it too loud because I've said, all right, I said, look behind, because you're trying to yell. I said, there's one behind me. Why don't you go? Like, that's how, you know, just, that's how rude you are. Like, just get, there's one, go for it. And he, Who he, let the dogs out? And he starts, oh. <laughs> Sorry, I cut that out. <laughs> go listen to our Christmas special if you want to know the meaning of that song. He walks over. I, I, no, I have to say, I only said that because I thought of that, like the song, the meaning. Mate, I'm, I'm not funny. saying it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Just leave it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so he walks over, and before he even opens his mouth, she just goes, "No, no, just no, just don't, just no. I know what you're doing. Don't That's, do it." Because she must have heard me say it. Anyway, so then he comes. I heard it. I'm kind of chuckling to myself, and he walks over, and he's like, "Oh." Uh. Anyway, I said, All right, "Well, should we get out of here?" Anyway, then I get this tap on my shoulder. From, I turn around, I'm like, who is it? And it's a girl that just said, no, no, just no. And she put his hand out like that. And I'm like, go to like, <laughs> suddenly we're shaking hands in the middle of a dance floor. <laughs> and she goes, good job, buddy. Really good job. Or something like that. And I said, what did I do? What I, did, I, did, I, did, I, did, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. She's like, yeah, good job. Like, well done. Really good. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, I just turned around. I said, mate, let's get out of here. Hello, Wade. Hi, Daniel. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Dawson Day YouTube channel and today things are getting serious but not so serious because we're doing a try not to laugh challenge. Doss, what does that entail? Oh, doesn't the title say it all? Yeah. Uh, essentially, Daniel and I, uh, we've got... Daniel? Oh, Doss and D for those. Doss and D. Basically, we've got 10, uh, whether it's jokes, statements, words, we've, just, we've got Stories. 10 opportunities each to try and make each other laugh and in the midst of that laughter, if you are caught laughing, Got um, Frank's Red Hot Extra Hot Sauce. Um, every laugh is a, a tablespoon of hot sauce. And well, we do, we do, we're already laughing. So. We're already laughing. It's going to be very tough. So we're going to try and make each other laugh, but we're not allowed to laugh ourselves. So a couple of the rules, as you said, every time the other person laughs, they take a shot of, or a teaspoon of... Tablespoon. Tablespoon of hot sauce. Of course, you can't laugh yourself. My penis was in the Guinness Book of World Records. But then the librarian told me to take it out. Okay. That's a, that's a good joke. Maybe for a six-year-old. Don't challenge death to a pillow fight. Otherwise, be ready for the repercussions. Oh, shit. Okay. It's not funny. There's a rumour going around at our old high school that a bloke texted a girl and asked her to meet him in the classroom at lunchtime. When she went into the room, she found him to be sitting there and nothing but his jocks and a full blown bone. <laughs> oh, God. That was me. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny because that's a true rumour. Well, I don't know if that happened. There's a, there's a rumour in our high school that a guy asked a girl to come up and meet him at high school. And... In a classroom. 
in his jocks sitting at the front and desk. And then when she went upstairs, he was sitting there by himself in his jocks. And School then, uniform off. And he had a boner. He had an Aiden boner. I made a website for orphans. It doesn't have a homepage. Naughty. No laugh? No laugh. No. Okay. What's the difference between a hockey player and a hippie chick? A hockey player changes their pads after three periods. That's good. That's really good. Mm. Oh, I love tits. Don't close your eyes. I love them. I love them. Put them in the door for a ritual, man. They got me. I was not expecting it. That came out quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Got him. <laughs> Why? That's not even funny. Out of all of it. That's, I, 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 I see that every day. Oh, that's so annoying. Oh. Thank God. I'll never forget my dad's last words. Delete my search history, son. Something was, something was happening there. That's close. I never forget, speaking of all, I never forget what my dad said to me one night. What? Whatever you do, son, do not press back on the Foxtel remote. SBS <laughs> <laughs> World Movies. <laughs> That's so true. That's why it's funny. I think my dad hated it when I clicked back. <laughs> it's because we caught his dad once <laughs> by pressing back. We got, we got up at 2 in the morning one night and found Fox Dow had Fox Footy on. Or, yeah, like, are we really watching a replay from 2007? Let's just press back. back. World movies. Nipples. Nipples. How did the Burger King get the Dairy Queen pregnant? He forgot to wrap his whopper. He's <laughs> got it again. He's <laughs> lost it. It's, it's, any, any nickname, some type of, of penis. Pe, no, not some type of, any rude part or sexual part of the body. Have another one. How do you make a pool table laugh? Yeah. Tickle its balls. <laughs> Why is that funny? Why? My wife asked me to quit singing Wonderwall in the shower. I said maybe. Stupid. I think that's hilarious. It's pun. Yeah, it's clever. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Ready? What do you call a rich Asian? What? Cha-ching. We've had the funniest, we've had the uh, the shocking, we've had the, the egotistical Dawson D. Now it's time to get the tissues out. And I don't mean for that just before <laughs> yeah, yeah, anybody no, says. On, come all... on, whoever's thinking like that, yeah, get her out of your ass. Yes. Uh, so now it's time for inspirational slash heartfelt moments. I think last year we went really heartfelt. Did like, we? yeah, you really did need the tissues out. <laughs> this year, uh, I don't know if we're going to necessarily be reduced to tears. Oh, there might be one or two there. But but you've got to hear something that's going to inspire you. So it really kick-started you in 2024. You don't have to be a business owner. You don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be an inspiring musician or artist. You just need to have some kind of goal. And this will really... Forget your New Year's Eve. Resolutions. Forget it. This is all you need. You just need this segment. And we're going to kick it off with Zed Nasheed. Now, Zed is 
an unbelievable business owner, real estate agent, salesman who, and we're talking luxury homes, like these homes. High end. $26 million home. He's the best in the business. He's the best in the business. I mean, to the point where he rocked up to our <laughs> our apartment before we had the studio booked he oh. rocked up to our apartment i think i said to d i think he's here because there was a nice shiny orange lamborghini just parking out the front and he had to walk up to our apartment and we thought oh, oh no god i wish we had the studio then but, but that's right but he's but before all his success he actually came here from afghanistan so he came across as a young kid and basically had to learn everything learn english learn how to communicate with australians blah 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 but at the very young age way before he was legal he would sit outside nightclubs in melbourne and sell hot dogs that's the salesman he was all the drunk people walking out of a nightclub what do they want Bit of food, a bit of food, and uh, a cute little kid, uh, yeah. that, you know, with with a took squeaky voice, uh, took full advantage, and that kickstarted his career. So we're going to share that story with you. What's next after that? Blake Mannering, he's next. Blake was someone who actually we reached out to because of his story. Now he, he might not have the biggest social media profile, mm-hmm. or he's not overly well known, but Blake had a story to share, and he was king hit. You know, it was quite a few years ago. What, what, how old was he? Was he eighteen? Yeah, around that age. He was around yeah. that age. Well, when we say king attacked, because he was kicked. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So he it was a it was a king attack. Yeah, what, or, or coward attack. Coward attack. Yeah. Essentially, he was sitting on the curb after a night out at the pub with a couple of mates, and yeah, I don't want to give the story away because he we'll, we'll share that story now. But basically, yeah, he was attacked and left him, you know, fighting for his life in hospital. Essentially, unbelievable. Um, and it was just horrible. And he came on to share that story, and you know, the coward punch is something that we both are passionate about sharing. In terms of, we don't want that to be happening anymore. No. We go out, we enjoy your beer, you see some some stuff happening outside, and and you think there's just no point to it. So exactly. to have Blake on to share that story and and the cause he did after and the cause he did after, you know, he he, he actually went and and did a, a run from where was, was it? Well, from, it was a hundred kilometers. I think it was from Burley Hill. I think it was from Burley. Was it? From I'm not great with Queensland geography. Burley yeah. Hill to the Gabba. So. It took him, I think, a couple of days or a few yeah. days, and that was he was raising money for Awareness. stop the coward punch, essentially. And he actually met up with Danny Green at the Gabba uh, for for the game that was on that wow. day. And yeah, he's doing amazing things, Blake, and he's a good friend of ours. And, yep. and we were very, very lucky to have him on the show. Absolutely, we we highly recommend you checking uh, checking that episode out because it's uh, it's only a short episode, but it's very powerful. On that same day, though, in the Gold Coast studio, we had an absolute legend of Australian sport, an Iron Man. The best in the business. Matt Bevilacqua came in and joined us. A Nutrigrain. Maybe you've probably seen his face. You know his face. Maybe on the back of a Nutrigrain box because he's the golden boy of Australian sport. Very good looking bloke. Yeah, he had us mesmerised. He had us mesmerised. Absolutely. Even, even Garni, my missus, who was buying the camera, I think he had her uh, mesmerised. I think well. he has everybody mesmerised. But, uh, but, but again, just such a lovely, lovely guy. And this episode is one of my favourites too because we jumped around so many different topics. It was really um, – we got a great glimpse into his career as an Ironman. But also outside of the sport, he's training. And the part we want to show you today is, and this is for all those fitness freaks out there, when you hear about a Tassie boy, now take that in mind. He was a Tasmanian boy. Now it is freezing in Tasmania in the winter. We're talking literally snow and ice and all the, like as cold as you can imagine having to get up at stupid hours i don't, I don't think people living in launceston are seeing snow at christmas time but not christmas no, but, but in, in the, the winter, winter yeah and uh four or five in the morning getting up to literally hit the like hit the water that early in the morning when you have to scrape ice off your car to basically get to where he is today so this will totally inspire you and then uh, who are we going to leave it with let's finish with a, a bang prime train tom yep. bolch uh if those of you who haven't listened or you don't know who he is, Prime is basically paving the way in terms of AFL 
training content. Yep. He's probably one of the biggest AFL content creators out there. When I think of a footy player online who's putting themselves out there, I think of Prime Train. Like yep. he's, he's just – he's probably the most – Authentic person putting himself online, showing everyone everything and being a really, really positive influence to people. But he's started his own personal brand and with that comes being able to sell and, and create an income from, you know, posting content. And he, he, listening to him talk about that because everyone knows him as this footy guy, as this, you know, fitness. It's very misunderstood. Yeah, everyone yeah. knows him as this fitness influencer and there was more to him than that. So to actually pick his brain, hear about how the business grew, how he built a following – but then how the business works, like how does he actually make money, make good money doing what he does? A lot of people don't actually know him properly, I don't think. And when we got to sit down with him, like we learned so much lovely about bloke. him and, and he was such a lovely guy. So don't just take him from what you see on, you know, on TikTok. Yeah. Actually go and listen to this episode because you actually get to know the real him. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see you shortly. My first job when we came to Australia, I was 12 years old okay. when I came to Australia. From where? Uh, Afghanistan okay. is our background, yep. is my background. I had my first shower when I was um, proper bathroom when I was 13 years old when I landed to, in Australia. Right. So wow. my biggest drive is that, the fact that I've come from poverty. Okay. And that's given me a purpose. And we've landed in obviously a country like Australia where it's the gold mine in here. Mm. And, and you can be anyone you want to be because the thing is I did a you know podcast on the radio last week and I said to the boys, you guys, what's your biggest fear in life? I said, you know what? I don't mind taking risks in life because the day you're born, there's a risk. The day you die, there's a risk. The day you get married, there's a risk. The day yeah. that you have a kid, there's a risk. You don't know if it's going to come out healthy or not. So there's risk all around us. I said, the biggest risk that we have back in Afghanistan because it's been in war zone for the last 52 years, you walk outside your house, you don't even know if you're going to come back in one piece because Nick Minnan is a you know, suicide bomber. You just... You know, you get blasted or you get kidnapped. I said, that it, that's the only thing we want back at home in Afghanistan, peace. Mm. Business, for me, it's a walk in the park. Give, yeah. me, give me 50 billion right now, I'll, I'll have to take it off the bank and double it. Yeah. That's the mentality. So because I've come from that poverty, that's why when we landed in here, I started selling hot dogs. Then I, you know, outside every single nightclub. And people used to feel sorry for me. I'd be like, hey, can you give, give a tip? I just have to ask the question. All of a sudden, I'm selling hot dogs for 10 and $20. How, so how old I was were 14. You? Wow. In Melbourne? In Melbourne. Wow. When I was selling hot dogs outside nightclubs. And which, uh, which nightclubs were these? Uh, CQ, Alhambra, oh, oh. Alhambra, George and Collins on uh, Collins Street. In, in fact, I was there just this weekend, not this weekend, the weekend before. And, you know, and, and I'm like, you know what? And I said to my friends, I said, that spot there, is where I used to sell hot dogs there and there was a Ferrari parked, you know, behind me and one of the – it was a beautiful girl that walked up to me to try and get a hot dog and she said, to, uh, she said how much are your hot dogs? I said, How much for your hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. Sorry. I was 14 I then. <laughs> but it did give me motivation. Now, here's the story, yeah? She said, how much is that hot dog? I said – she's like, ooh, that's a fancy car there. I don't know it was a Ferrari parked there, yeah? I said, yeah, it's my car. She said, honey, if that's your car, I'm going home with you tonight. <laughs> Does that have a role to play in my career, driving a car? I said, nah, but – I said, what a materialistic world we live in. Mm. Yeah, so um, it'd be 10 or 11 years ago now that um, I was actually a, a victim of, a, of assault. It was um, Anzac Day in 2012 and I was um, just waiting for a lift home with a couple of my mates. And, you know, back then, like, it was just all, all beers, like, it was all, it was all fine. Like, we were just waiting for a lift home and I was actually sitting down and um, I, I got booted in the head. So by, by someone who I didn't know, um, it was a random attack and... Well, like my, my recollection and memory of it is um, it's pretty clouded because obviously I got heavily concussed. But 
Once, once I came to, I, I staggered across the, the main street and looked into a shop window and I thought I had a missing tooth, but it was actually my jaw was in half. Oh. Um, so there was, there was a gap there and it looked like a tooth was missing. And then a couple of my mates were like, oh, mate, we need to take you to hospital. I'm like, oh, guys, it's fine. I've just lost a tooth. Like, I'll just go to the dentist on Monday. Like, it's all good. But I was obviously well and truly out of it. Spoke to the security guards and everything. They didn't want to have a bar of it. So we caught the courtesy bus to the hospital. And once we got to the hospital... I got straight up an injection of morphine. They looked at me straight away. They knew I wasn't all right. And it turns out then, along with the split um, of my jaw up the top here in um, in my, I guess, I think it's the connector or something they call it in the bottom jaw. They, the image they said was if you get your, your glass bottle and you throw it at the ground, it was all shattered all up here. So. Right. And being in a rural country town of um, Taree there, it's, um, there, there wasn't enough resources for, my, for surgery and things like that. So I had to, to go down to Newcastle. So it was about a two-hour trip. But, yeah, the doctors just said, you're going to have to call your mum or we're have to going to helicopter you down to John Hunter for, for surgery. And that, and that was hard, calling mum at 4am, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's like, hey, mum, everything's okay, but I'm going to need you to take me to hospital. There's been an accident. And, and then post that, I had surgery 48 hours later. And, um, and then, yeah, the, the rest is history. It's, um, it, was, it was a pretty long bounce back from that. So were you with that night, were you with a couple of mates? Were they sitting next yeah. to you? In that whole scenario, this bloke just out of nowhere. So were you sitting on a park bench, essentially? So picture you've got a, a, a shop window behind you. So we're just sort of sitting on that little step and there's a shop window behind yep. you. So we're, we're just all sitting there. There's a mate here and another mate here. And we're looking over in the distance and we could hear some idiot yelling at a girl. And he was literally like pushing and shoving. Uh, it looked like just a couple having a fight. And we yelled out things like, oh, leave her alone. She doesn't want to go home with you. Stuff like that. But it was literally... I think from even what the witnesses said about half an hour later that he came up and said who was saying something and then, yeah, kicked me in the head. And so it was um, like the result of it all was it was it was obviously unprovoked because that's just silly. The mates and everybody else was involved. So does it then turn into a big tussle? No, no. there was nothing. There was no there was no fight or anything at all. There was there was no confrontation. It was all it was all straight up in one motion and. One of the statements was it was like he was kicking off for a game of footy. Yeah. Was, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to play the victim card or anything at all. Um, it's more so talking about, hey, that this stuff can happen. As a result, I was the one that copped it. I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time for someone that was, that was triggered the wrong way. Yeah, it was, it was incredibly tough. Um, I, I remember I used to wake up. Um, at dad's place in Lauderdale and um, go outside to put the ski on the roof to go down to like we used to paddle in the canals you couldn't really go in the ocean because it get too much wind okay. so we'd go in the canals and I'd have to get the hose and what, wash the ice off the ski before I put it on the roof oh. and, and are, are we talking like 5am we're talking 5am yeah. yeah I think we were on the water at 5.30 train till 6.30 and then try and make it to school so how many yeah, days a week well, oh. like in the ski sessions would probably only be those ones for only twice a week, okay. but then I'd be in the pool with the four others. So Swimming, yeah. Yeah, the swimming was where we could actually get some work done yeah. like compared to the mainlanders because like it just... Control the environment in the pool. Exactly, yeah. We yeah. could swim indoors. There's still outdoor pools up here. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the ski paddling was something we could do. Board paddling obviously was too hard. You had to touch the ocean, which was just too cold. So we couldn't really do that until summertime. So those winter years were, you know, they were tough and... I think the reason why I've been able to be successful is because I did that apprenticeship super tough, like yeah. harder than anything else I've ever accounted like in my professional career. Yeah, and I still like kind of live to the the motto that you when you overcome those really tough moments or those tough weeks or sessions, it's it's all banking. 
it's all bank. Yeah. You, you never, you never like, you never have to go through that level again. You've leveled up to a point where that's, that's toughness that you'll ne- never have to get back again. And you just keep going up from there. So. And also, well, I know D says this is like, you never feel bad after a workout or any session, do you? you like you mentally, you, you mean, yeah, mentally, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. don't want to do it, but then you do it and you're like, Oh, I feel amazing. Oh, absolutely. The the high you get from just training, like we train up to 16 sessions a week, just the high you get all day, you know, like you finish yeah, a session, course. you finish a session. It doesn't, it doesn't lessen, you know, like you just, yeah, it's, it's an incredible, I'm so lucky to be a professional athlete, get to do exercise for a living, but then you drop into your off season and you stop training and you just realize how mm. important it is or, yeah. you know, building back into it. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to train this week. I still, I still have time. And it's just like, I don't feel good. You know, I haven't trained at all this week. Like you need to do like the bare minimum a human needs to do is two or three sessions a week. You know, mm. otherwise you, it's, you can't sleep. I don't, I struggle to sleep. You know, I, yeah. I, I find just being a professional athlete, you realize how important it is to all the little things, being able to sleep, making yourself hungry for the right foods, you know. Yeah. You can just fuel your body on nothing if you're not yeah. doing enough. And that's something that I definitely did at the start. I'd go out to brands and DM them. You can DM, I think you can DM like 100 people a day. So like... How did you sell yourself? This is interesting. What's you know, that? How would you have sold yourself back yes. then? Uh, I, when I didn't have any kind of following, I would just say I'd do everything for free kind of thing. Okay. And it was basically the, the way that you would do it is like, hey, like if you send me, let's say Puma, for example, hey, Puma, can I please um, promote this these new shoes that you've got? I'll do you a free campaign and like post it and make it look great and whatever, whatever. I've got 2,000 followers, 1,000 followers, doesn't matter. Yeah. Do that and then what you can do from that, that's your start, that's your stepping stone and then you might move over and do something for Uniqlo and say, hey, I'm going to promote this shirt. This is what I did with Puma. They paid me $100 for this. Can I do this with you? Yeah. And then they pay you 100 You could lie. It's old it school matter. selling, yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. that You just say, oh, Puma paid me 100 bucks. I work with these guys. They really loved it. This is the content that I did. This is what I can do for you. This is what I can offer you. Or 50 bucks. Or do it free again. And then you can kind of... The only way that you're going to get other brands to look at using your using you as a promoter or an ambassador for their products is if you've got runs on the board. Yep. So you've got to start off doing some free stuff at the yep. start. Mm. Well, there you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the best of Doss and D in 2023. What a Where year it's we? been. Hard to believe that. We're actually going on four years very, very quickly. We're, we've nearly hit the four-year milestone. Well, last year – oh, sorry, last year. Last week we did the uh, the fourth annual Christmas special, so that just shows. It's unbelievable, mate. So, again, I hope that, you know, you guys, if you have listened to some of those episodes throughout the year, maybe you want to go back and listen again. And there might be a couple scrambled through there that you might have saw the name pop up or the topic and go, oh, it's not for me. But after hearing those stories, you've written down that number and uh, go back and, and have a listen. And, again, like we said, these aren't necessarily – the best episodes of the year. And what I mean by that is there's some really big names people notice that are left out and they're unbelievable episodes too. It was just hard to find a segment to fit into these four segments we did today. Firstly, there's a few things we want to say. If it's if you are listening on the day of, of its release and you're driving on, on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas. Hope it's... Uh, and you know what? That's also something to mention is we're putting this out on Christmas Day because it's a Monday and that's yeah. when we release. So when people think of a podcast and, and starting a podcast and, and wanting to create this style of content they want people to listen we are always here every monday no matter whether it's christmas day or new year's day or if something's happened you're Birthdays, always yeah. birthday you're always gonna get a, a podcast released from us it might sound a bit corny but you can 
you can trust us. We're, we're not here for, you know, just a, a short time and we want to have, you know, a laugh ourselves and we do it when we feel like it. No, no, no. We've got a duty and commitment. a commitment to you guys. And that's something that we will always do. Yep. And, and no matter what, you're going to get a podcast from us. So when you listen every week. Do you week, like it or not? Yeah. <laughs> so whether you listen every week or every couple of weeks or just when maybe when a big name comes on, I encourage those people to maybe listen more because you're missing the best show in the world. Oh, yes. But we're always going to do it. Absolutely. So don't ever, don't ever be. There's so many podcasts out there, and I know a few. And you know they start and they do six episodes, and oh, season one's finished. No, no, no. Mm-mm. The Dawson D show. We don't have seasons. We don't have you know periods where we're on and we're off. No, we are here, and we are your podcast. <laughs> we are your podcast. I don't well, know why I did that. I just no, felt I the love need it. to do I it. I love it. Well, yeah. again, when we have times in our lives where we look at go fuck in three weeks, we have to yep. travel or. We'll, we'll make sure we get them out. We've recorded late at night, early in the morning, different, all over the literally all over the world. We've recorded to make sure that happens. So that's our commitment to you. But a very merry Christmas for everybody that does listen. Thank you so much. We really appreciate. It. We've seen a lot of growth, so we really appreciate it because of you guys. Yeah, grown. from yeah. from where we started four years ago, but where we even started this at this start of this year to where we are now, it's it's amazing to know how many people are going to tune into this episode. So we're really really grateful. Again, if you want to support the show, we and this is something I want, I want to say too. At these events we've been going to recently that are more business focused, people say, well, how do you make money out of your listeners? And we say, we've never asked any of our listeners for a cent. So we don't use Patreon. We don't ask you to pay for exclusive content. We don't do OnlyFans. And what I mean by that is OnlyFans is now becoming an app where creators can go in there and post exclusive content. We don't ask a cent out of you guys. We don't sell merch. I mean, no. we, would, we might we, we might soon. But, uh, but, not, but not for the financial no, aspects. No, no. So so, we want to give something to you guys exactly. that you can have from the show. Exactly. So what we're saying there is we, we, want to, we maintain that you always get a free podcast. You don't have to pay a cent to listen or watch us. But what we do say, I mean, our income for the show comes in other ways. But what we do, well, how you can support us is, again... It's little things. It's leaving a review. It's giving us a five-star rating. It's sharing it on your Instagram or your Facebook or your TikTok. It's yeah. sharing tell, or even just telling somebody. Yeah. Tell somebody uh, Tell somebody Christmas lunch today that, uh, about the Dawson D show. That's how you can support us. And in return, you always get a free show to listen to. Really, Actually, that's really well said because I, I, I saw something recently and it was about supporting your friends who have a business. Yep. And mind you, there's lots of people listening that we don't know, that we're not friends with. But hopefully one day we do get to meet you all yep. and become friends with you. But I think simple things like sharing a story is much, much bigger than what people think. Yeah. You know? And it only takes a little bit and it takes five seconds and, and you don't even have to have it up for long. But those little things are what we appreciate most. And we will always send a thank you message. We will always be appreciative of that. But... Yeah, that those reviews over on Apple or the or the star rating over on Spotify. If you haven't done it and you listen and you listen quite a few times, can you please do it? It would really it. help it us. It helps a lot. And know? again, like again, other things. We talk about YouTube. Our YouTube we, we, that's something that's gonna be bigger and better in next year. Go and subscribe to that because that does help us. Uh, really helps us. And yeah, again, if you want to share the story on your Instagram, you don't have to share anything that comes out this week. You know what? Find your favorite episode from the 177 episodes we've ever done. There'll be a post about one of them somewhere. I don't care if it's episode 14 or 56 or 112 whatever it is just go find it and uh, just say yep worth a listen whatever we'd be very grateful anything else we need to share before we wrap up for 2023 just get ready for a big big year next year that's all I'm gonna say Um, any teasers for next year no I'm not giving too much away we've already recorded a couple we've recorded a few big big podcasts already so get excited yeah some one in particular that comes to mind it's you know very different 
Um, is that the New Year's Day podcast? Yeah, next one. Which yeah. I'm really, really excited to, to let that out because that's one that you want to get on YouTube and watch. I know uh, that. Yes, please. But we're not giving too much away. All I will say is thank you, one and all, once again, yep. for supporting our show, for listening. It doesn't matter how frequently, if you've listened once, 10 times, 52 times every week, we appreciate every single one of you. And next year, we want you guys to keep coming back. We yes, want please. you guys to tell us what you want. We want to try and be the listener show. And Engage with us after episodes. Yeah, tell us what you think. Exactly. So all I will say is thanks and let's go for next year. Let's do it.